in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost, and we're here to bring you another week of a sweet, sweet Top 10 action. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, excited. We're recording this. Uh, we're pre-recording this and uh, we're about to head into the weekend. So it's been a long week, brother. So I'm very excited to just kind of rest up a little bit tonight and enjoy a weekend that doesn't have too much demands on my time. So it's going to be nice to kind of read a little bit, maybe catch up on some comics, maybe take a walk with the lady, maybe try out a new restaurant. Just, uh, kind of excited to not have too much pressure on me this weekend because it feels like for the last month, I've just been going nonstop with a lot of things, so it's going to be nice to relax. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the uh, Peacemaker series? Because this comes out yes. well after we have to worry about spoilers, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I think so too. We can have a spoiler discussion if you want. Absolutely. So, like, right two here. weeks post. Yeah. The so show. right here, maybe ten minutes. What do you think, Matt? 10 sure. Minutes? Okay. Sure. Ten minutes. We'll talk about it. I mean, um, I'm sure you did a breakdown on. Either Geek Buddies or yeah. Outlaw Nation or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. The spoiler is over. The spoiler review dropped as we're recording has dropped this morning to, with us uh, on the Geek Buddies. Okay. Down. But yeah, dude, I loved it. I thought this series, when you compare it to the most recent series, which is Book of Boba Fett, and I don't mean comic book, I just mean recent series here in our geek world, I think Peacemaker absolutely blew it out of the water. And who oh, yeah. two months ago that it's Peacemaker we'll be talking about as a positive thing over Book of Boba Fett. And I think for the most part, it's universally praised Peacemaker, whereas Book of Boba is a little more mixed. Um, but what a coming out party for John Cena, Matt. That's the thing at the end of the day for me that I really take away from this is he has gone next level with his acting under the direction of James Gunn. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Yeah, that final, the in the hospital, there's a lot of heart going on in those scenes. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that final episode had a nice mix of the stupid farting noises yeah. because they didn't want to hear what she had to say. Yeah, yeah. You got a nice little bit of comedy there, especially like with Eagly in the helmet. Yeah. Nice little bit of comedy there. Uh, some right. solid yeah. action yeah. followed by yeah. closing out with the heart. And I especially liked, I you know, the... two of the four Justice League yeah. members show up. And they continue that, uh, that joke. Yeah. It's always weird. Is there something playing in the background? Yeah. I don't know what's playing. Uh, Okay, phew. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what that was. Sometimes I have windows up from like earlier in the day and then randomly, like on ESPN, sometimes those videos will start out. I, I hate that. No matter how many times you tell autoplay to not do that. Yeah. Every, like wh- every once a month, ESPN was like, Oh, you still, you still want that checked? Are you sure? Oh, we, yeah. We just thought we'd show you these random highlights from college football, even though you've never clicked on a college football link. I didn't edit these highlights for you not to watch them. Yeah. So you're going fucking- to- the worst. Uh Sorry, the whole was... time at the Justice League, I was like, do they oh. actually get? Yeah. Do they actually get? And then uh obviously Gal and Cavill. Although Cavill's officially coming back, is he not? No, they haven't said one way or the other. They have not said one way or the other. I thought they finally said, you know what? <laughs> 
he, he is great. No, they haven't uh, said. They haven't said one way or the other. I just think they couldn't afford Gal, and they couldn't afford, and they they haven't made their mind up yet what to do with Superman. Mm-hmm. And I was reading an interview with uh, James Gunn, and he said, like, I wrote that in, and nobody had an issue with it. Um, no, I didn't ask permission. I wrote it in. Then I sent the scripts to get approved, and that's when it went all the way up to the chain before they finally approved it. Uh, but they only approved me being able to bring in Aquaman and Flash because they're kind of still figuring out what to do with Batman and how he's going to be connected. And mm. Cyborg is still either going to be recast or they haven't, or they haven't figured things out with Ray Fisher yet. Uh, which I don't think they will. I think Ray, I think that's done, but and, yeah, but, I think that ship yeah. sailed and they couldn't afford Gal and they couldn't afford. Anyone who was going to play Superman, because then that's definitely saying that person is Superman. Yeah, and I sure that made sense to me. But I like the gal, and once you have Momoa there, and the fact that the fish fucking is a joke (laughs) now within canon is really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, that Momoa confirms it of I am sick of that rumor. Yeah, (laughs) and then Ezra's like rumor. That's that shit is true. That's fantastic. That is like the shit talking within the world of never thought about that fact. Of course they would do that. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they would. Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead. It's sarcastic as fuck all over Marvel, Matt. So why wouldn't they be ball busting all over DC? So it just makes the most sense. Yeah. But something like that is real ball busting. Yeah. True. Very true. The stuff you say behind each other's backs and then to confront, oh, we all know you fuck fish. <laughs> I'm so sick of that rumor. It's like that, that's pretty fantastic. And he F-bombed him. Fuck you, Barry. He F-bombed him, man. So yeah. Wow. All right. That's there. Um, but yeah, I was surprised by that and that blew me away. Cause of course they mentioned Justice League at the beginning of the episode. And I was like, no, they're not going to fucking, it'll be some suicide squad. Maybe they'll bring in a couple of the random weird dudes like, the rat guy or whatever. And, uh, but when they showed up, I was like, get the fuck out of here. And then when he walked by them and talked to them, like they're his equals where he was like, you guys are fucking late. Um, I, in my mind, I immediately went, well, is everything he said about these superheroes in the previous episodes true? Mm-hmm. And especially because they had the fish fucking exchange that makes it even more so. That it could be true, the stuff he said about Superman, about Green Arrow, which he said in the finale, and about Batman and, st- and Wonder Woman and stuff. So I just, in my mind, was like, that's just so brilliant. If they make, if they make it work, it's so brilliant. Yeah. Do you give control of gun, to, to gun rather, of instead of the Snyder verse, we have the gun verse? Yeah. Cause I, and it's not cause I don't, it's not cause I don't want Snyder to come back. I would love Snyder to come back because I enjoyed that four hour Justice League. I loved it. But they don't want him back. And it's very clear they don't want him back. Um, even when they brought him back, they didn't anticipate the huge response, I don't think. And so now they're kind of embarrassed. And so they want to move on. And I, it doesn't mean that he won't come back down the road, maybe. To yeah. do like a multiverse movie with maybe Ben as Batman, an older Batman. That's all possible. Uh, but I think they do want something. And I think Gunn could absolutely slide into that slot. And he said he's going to, after he's done with Guardians of the Galaxy, he's not going to do a movie for at least a year. He's just going to focus on the TV shows because he's going to bring Peacemaker back and then spin off of another show and spin another Suicide Squad show off. Mm. So he's going to want to do his own thing. So maybe that's the time that he's like, they're looking at him to be like the Feige 
of yeah. the universe. Maybe. I mean, they need somebody. I think they do. Uh, and this is Disney's, you know, mistake for having let Gunn walk away over a treat, a tweet that he had already apologized for. Yeah, a few tweets, yeah. Yeah, and now, you know, he apologized for. Yeah. Ten years world, ago. The world forgave him. Yes. And then some people didn't realize that this had already transpired and. Yeah. Raked him over the coals for it again, and he apologized some, again. Some right-wing blogger or talking head, yeah. And now Disney has its biggest competitor that was in their own shop. Yeah. Uh, but Disney also says, like, hey, or Marvel says, it's good to have a thriving DC because if both brands are thriving, that elevates should people going to see their, mov- their superhero movies. So, yeah, I, I get that logic, but, you know, natural competition, Yeah. Like it, yeah, it should push you and make you want to beat your competitor and right. innovate and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that being said, you know, Coke has what, like an 80% market share worldwide. <laughs> so they don't mind the competition. So as long as it doesn't really cut into their bottom line. Right. It's uh, like WWE, right? All those smaller federations have at it, find new talent. Great. And you can do well. But don't, you're never going to come close. Don't come close to us. And then we're just going to swoop up and grab your best talent and bring them over to us. So it works out for them. So pretty much. Yeah. Um, what do you think about how they did the whole storyline with him and Danielle Brooks there? Um, at a bio in the finale with her putting on the helmet and him launching her into that big, uh, cat queen, the cow. Yeah. The cow. <laughs> uh, that was, that was really good. I like that. Yeah. The, I, I didn't anticipate it until I saw her stumbling into the room and I was like, yeah. oh, they, is he going to human torpedo her? Yeah. And why is it a torpedo? That's, that was my other favorite part. Why wouldn't it be missile? Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 torpedo doesn't make a lick of sense. And I, I like it even more for that. Just because they the helmet with scabies, Matt. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's random. That is random. That's just for the stupid joke. Yeah. But, uh, obviously she torpedo is as well. Uh, I thought they had a good relationship. I was, you know, skeptical on the outset. Hey, after having watched Suicide Squad, yeah. how can you get a fucking series out of this character? Mm-hmm. And then now at the start of it, and I was like, ah, maybe it seems really one dimensional. And they slowly fleshed him out. Yeah. And, uh, I appreciated it. By the end, they really have something there. Yeah. Like that Steve Agee. Yes. Scene where he's talking about his beard. That actually had some weight to it. Yeah, dude. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we've talked about like anybody who's got like the body dysmorphia or got like, or can't handle the aging or has had weird things about, you know, how they look and they do things to kind of mask it or hide it or, you know, whatever you think you're fooling people in your mind. And then when you realize you're not, and you're brutally shown that you're not the way, um, Peacemaker kept calling him Diebeard. Um, it's, it's a rough thing to take. And so him kind of surrendering that vulnerability was brilliant. Um, and a perfect timing, you know, and mm-hmm. then they broke his leg later on. So I mean, to me, it just it, like you said, it's the mixture of the ridiculous and the honest throughout the whole movie or throughout the whole series and especially in that finale, you know, which I thought was great. Were you mad that, um, Hardcore lived? Did you think that she was going to die? I mean, usually when you cough blood, you're dead. So were you surprised that she lived? 
I mean, I uh, when it happened, I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, so this is the sacrifice for the season type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that sucks for her because they've really built something here that could last a couple seasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm not surprised that they're going to bring the whole team back. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's a successful chemistry between all of them, and they can spin off and do other stuff. I mean, what happens with the butterfly that's left, though? There's they, no other butterflies, right? So I, That we know of, but I mean, true. so long as you don't shoot them in the head, they still live, and there's no way they shot every one of those people in the head, so you have to assume there's some butterflies left. They don't have a food source. Yeah. So the they'll bird. die off pretty quick. Probably, yeah. And if that's all the food that he had left to pour it all on the porch at one time, I was like, that seems like a dick move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't I just keep it in the jar and have the butterfly fly down, take whatever it needs, and it can fly out, as opposed to just pouring it all on the wood right there. But at the same time, bringing logic into that specific part of it doesn't make any sense. Why do that? That's not what it's designed for. What do you think of the, the dad stuff, him coming back and everything like that? Well, what, being basically part of his subconscious? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it was good. I mean, I loved and didn't, uh, his character design. Yeah. So the idea of a white supremacist superhero, I think is a really inventive idea. Yeah. And, uh, but he looked really cartoonish. So as soon as they introduce him, they take him out. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that choice. Yeah. Um, but to bring him back as this recurring part of his subconscious, I think is pretty brilliant. Yeah. Because that is his motivation and why, what drives Peacemaker to be Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. When is – do you know when season two is slated to release? Yeah. 24? I mean, he's not even – he has just barely started working on it. So I don't know if they've announced a release date, uh, which I think would be premature. Because, I mean, he said that, like, him and Cena had to have these conversations – about whether they wanted to come back for season two. Like they had mm. to talk about what the story was going to be, where they were going to go with these characters. Cause you'd imagine Cena wants to focus on be having, being a theatrical, like kind of exploring, doing more theatrical stuff. Yeah. So I imagine he wasn't necessarily jump, chomping at the bit to come back for another season of a TV show. Um, but you know, things are changing, Matt. Streaming is no longer seen as, you know, they're used, they're spending money. On yeah. People. Elizabeth Olsen, who was an A-list star, is there as leading WandaVision. You have uh, Tom Hiddleston, you could argue, is A-list. They're leading that kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's nothing is other than possibility now. With oh, the I mean, stuff. Oscar Isaac with Moon Knight coming. Yes, exactly. Great point, Oscar Isaac. So I imagine they had to kind of figure things out and see if it was the right situation, you know. Um, I love the detail of whoops, um, Gunn having a bad day and – uh, what was it? John Cena sat down at the piano and started playing the piano, like Gun's dog died or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cena was playing the piano, uh, a song that he really loved, and that's why they incorporated it into the show that Cena playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought that was a beautiful. So hopefully the conversations are like that, where they flesh out the character. But if if they're giving that much care to such a singular moment, yeah, within it, mm-hmm. that they've mapped out. They have an idea of where they want this to go mm-hmm. as opposed to an open-ended, oh, we have an idea, you know, like a lost situation. We know what the ending is, and then you get to the ending, and like, I don't know that you did. Yeah. Or if you did, you fumbled it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully it's like a short run, do two, three seasons. They do, a, you know, uh, switches over to a movie. Yeah. And then 
if the movie becomes a franchise in and of itself, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gunn has obviously made film franchises, so. Yeah. It's not an issue. Yeah. He can, if there's something there, he can definitely do it because we'll get another suicide, but he's got Guardians 3 coming out. Yeah. And that's his last Guardians, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. It's his last Guardians. He's not, he's not coming back. He said the trilogy is done. He's not going to do any more of these. So yeah. Uh, cause even Batista said he's not coming back to play Drax. It's just his last hurrah as Drax as well. So, um, cause I imagine Batista wants, wants to go after like bigger fish. I think he's a goddamn good actor. He is. Wants to go and see if there's something else he can do. Him. Yeah. Him and Cena have already done better yeah. acting than The Rock. Easy though. E- oh, easily. It's not even close. Oh, I know. I, I guess you're right. I guess I have to. It's true. It, it, does The Rock have all the charisma in the world? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's got that in spades. They can't touch him on that front. Mm-hmm. But they've already acted circles around him and been in better projects. Yeah. It's yeah. not even close. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think so too. I think he's, I think Cena's, um, like I said, went next level in this series. We saw he can do emotional stuff. I mean, that scene in scene two where he's beat, uh, episode two where he's beating himself up on the, on the bed saying, this is why no one likes you. No one, lo-. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's, that's some deep, like late night fucking mental health shit that he was showing you there. Um, pretty honest, vulnerable shit. And you're just like, wow. You know, and then later on when he shoots his dad, I mean, he commits patricide, dude. And so what's that effect going to be on him? Yeah. As the season, as the seasons go along, who knows, you know? And, yeah. Will he come to terms with it? Will he be right? But I mean, that's a sign of a good show. It yeah. leaves us asking questions about the characters, their trajectories mm-hmm. and what the future could hold. As opposed to something like Book of Boba, which my reaction is that of a failing franchise. Tear it down. Yeah. Get draft picks. Yeah. Get young talent in there. Let's start over. This this thing is a in shambles. We're never going to win a championship. So we need to get a superstar. Let's yeah. let's tear this thing down. That's how I feel about Book of Boba. It's like there is a couple things in this I like, and there's a bunch that I think needs to go away. Yeah. 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 But. You know, I am one voice, so <laughs> who am I? It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and also you have the impossible expectations of it being Star Wars, but. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, cause everybody has their interpretation of what it should be. I, I just think they came at it from a wrong direction. And I, and I, I, how can I say this? I expressed this concern during the Mandalorian. We were doing our reviews on the Geek Buddies and I said, you're bringing back a guy who's in his sixties. And I think it's great because that's sure people of age to know that, you know, there's roles they can be leads in. And look, Ming Na Wen kicked all kinds of ass, uh, in the show, even though they kind of underwrote her role big time. Oh, she's one dimensional. Yeah. Which is not her fault. It's the writing of how they did her character. Uh, they turned her into basically the occasional line and every once in a while a look to Boba. No, it's always that's what I thought of first when you said they turned her into and it's like, it's a look. It's always like, Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That or, and the parkour or, stuff. Yeah, the parkour stuff from season one. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, they didn't know and so and so but Tamora is a good actor. I love Tamora for sure. But I don't know if the, this was the right path to go with Boba. Like you should have gotten maybe someone with a little more a little younger. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not trying to be ageist, I'm just being realistic here. Some a little younger, someone who could like do the things that he was doing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having Tamora there. I just think they didn't highlight his strengths 
and they exposed his weaknesses. And you don't want to do that with the lead actor in your show. Mm. Um, and especially when you start out with a, essentially an, an indigenous person's, indigenous people's storyline, you know, cause essentially those Tuscan Raiders are Native Americans or any indigenous people from any, uh, um, um, country you can think of that has been run over by the people in power or the people, the settlers or the, the, the colonizers. Um, so it could have, it could, you connect to that story, but then they never go back to that story except to use it as a, means for Cad Bane to kind of try to get the best of Boba emotionally, they never go back to that story, you know, after the first four episodes. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make some fucking sense. You can't lay a storyline out like that and not have it pay off in some way down the road. And to me, I thought they were using it rather than making it an essential part of the show um, and sending a message. You know, so it's like, it's like Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier absolutely dropped the ball on the race issue. They, they came close. There were some things that were brought up that you never thought you'd see in a superhero movie or show or movie that I thought was cool, the Isaiah Bradley stuff. But then they kind of petered right the fuck out at the end and didn't really go full bore into this and expose it all um, and really talk about it. So, and I think that's because they got their shows, their episodes cut. And I think there was more to explore here that we could have enjoyed. Yeah, it's the way it goes with the COVID stuff. I, I found that show dull. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't finish Hawkeye. I got through. Oh, really? Oh, I love. I got through ninety percent of the pilot, and I was like, I'm fucking so out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so maybe it gets better, but I was like, this, this is fucking. They are passing off. You remember that joke in Austin Powers when it's him and Elizabeth Hurley, and they see the two human anomalies wearing the costumes of the villains, like the, the henchmen. Oh yeah. Went to the separate bathrooms and they go in and beat them up, which you see off screen. They come out and the the clothes fit perfectly. It's her wearing Jeremy Renner's outfits and it fits. It's tailored to the Ronin outfit. You guys aren't even remotely the (laughs) same size. And all I'm thinking about is that like the opening bell thing. And I'm like, this is, this is no, Right. I, maybe it gets really good. It does. It, Cause she gets exposed for some of her privilege and he kind of, uh, gets put through the ringer. So there's, there's a lot more that's enjoyable down the road. And certainly the second episode is a lot better than the first one. So. Okay. I if, hate it. If, the if first you come one. back to, if you come back to it. I don't think I will. Okay. All right. It's fine. Whatever information I'm missing from the Hawkeye character in that, I'm, it's okay when it comes to the movies. I don't care. Okay. I don't know why they made a series to be perfectly honest. It's, I don't know. He's the most boring Avenger. Let's do a television show for him. How dare you? I don't do, look, he's good mayor of Easttown or Kingstown oh, or whatever. Yeah, Kingstown, right. Kingstown, I'm, yeah. I'm almost done. I got one more episode of that. Fuck, that show is brutal, dude. It's pretty good. I was yeah. surprised. I, I'm looking forward the, to season two. Yeah, the Kyle Chandler arc was very interesting. Oh, I will say that. Right? Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy if Renner, like, I don't think he's a bad actor. Just, oh, I think oh, that I like character it. is in a world where people can fly and have suits that fire lasers out of their hands. This dude has a quiver of arrows. <laughs> that is fucking skill. I got a quiver of arrows. So this one explodes. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Freaking lasers. Well, if you go back. I think you'll find Never, it's much I, more enjoyable. I sincerely do. doubt it's going to happen because we got, you know, Moon Knight coming and then there's Obi-Wan and then there's yeah, Obi-Wan's on the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
you know, it's what is it, May happened. 25th? Yeah. It's, it's like, there's point. plenty on the horizon. I don't need to go back for, uh, that's fine. If people listen to this, think I'm a fool. I don't care. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. There we go. Anything more to say on that peacemaker finale? No, I'm just, I'm surprised that I'm actually looking forward to a season two. I didn't anticipate yeah. that on the start of it. So yeah, good for you, James Gunn and uh, cast and crew. No shit. Shout out to James. I mean, he wrote this literally right after suicide, the suicide squad. So put it all together in, in such an incredible amount of condensed time to be able to create such a fantastic series off of that. I think speaks volumes to his talent, man. And, and sometimes dude, you and I both know this in our respective lives. Sometimes when there's a time crunch, you actually can do your best work because mm-hmm. you're not overthinking it. You're just like, this makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. Boom. Put it out there. And then you're like, oh shit, it actually worked out. So yes. Yeah. No. So. All right. Uh, should we get into our list here? Uh, that we should. We are doing a movie set in the jungle. Yes. Thanks to our patron, David Mitchell Baker. He sent in the, uh, the topic idea. We both liked it. We jumped on it. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we're doing for today's show. Yeah. Do you really want to, do you really want to taste that movies in the jungle? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the way it works is Matt and I go off on our separate ways. We come up with our own top 10 lists. Come back here. Matt reads, uh, his 10 through eight. I read my 10 through eight. Then he reads the seven and six. I read my seven and six. We take a break and then we go one by one, five, four, three, two, one through our list. This is the best I can do. And at the end, Works. we compiled them into our official top 10 list on this subject for this particular episode. Um, Boom. <laughs> so Mr. Nost, what do you got set uh, number 10? Oh, uh, and before we get it, we do have shout outs. Oh, yes. At the end of today's show. I hope he sent them to me. I did. They're in your email. Um, I'm going to take a look right now. Go ahead. So at number 10. Uh Good job. Yes. Uh, I, uh, surprisingly, I kind of just threw it in because we haven't talked about it. Yeah. Um, is a jungle cruise. Oh, nice. Good choice. I did enjoy that movie. I I was surprised. Yeah. Didn't make my list, but I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I was going into it with zero expectations of beyond. Hopefully it's just a way to spend a couple hours in the middle of the pandemic and enjoy sure. myself and ended up, uh, thoroughly enjoying it. Some of the rock's best work. Oh yeah. A hundred percent agreed. It tells you everything you didn't know about the rock's career thus far. <laughs> uh, do I think he's a great guy? Charismatic? Yes, I do. I think he needs to be more astute when he picks his projects. Fair enough. Wow. I mean, he does have bank account. I don't think he has to be that astute. He's fine. Money wise. He made another one of his movies may or may not have made my list. Oh, yes. So may not make my list too. Weirdly, this is a rock heavy list for me. <laughs> but sure. uh Jungle Cruise, yeah, it's him and Emily Blunt and yeah. uh with uh, Jack White and uh, Pedro Almodovar. What is <laughs> no. his name? Not Pedro Almodovar. Who is, why am I thinking that? That's a director, Pedro Almodovar. That is a director. Why? Yeah. Talking Jack. And it's Jack Whitehall, not Jack White. Jack Whitehall. Yeah, there you Stars. go. That's old age for you, baby. Put it together, baby. Um, um, God, who, who is it? It's a, the guy, 
Well, first, you, it's Edgar Ramirez. Is who Edgar Ramirez. There you go. I was going to say he was in the, the G, uh, Versace. Yes. Uh, American yeah. crime, uh, show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he plays the villain, whatnot, and they're down in the Amazonian, uh, you know, rainforest trying to right a previous wrong as Spanish conquistadors came in and just basically were assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were. But it's like a, you know, you're trying to do a slight Indiana Jones adventure-ish type of film. And yeah. uh, surprisingly, there aren't too many to choose from. Now, I still haven't seen like Fitzcarraldo. Oh, yeah. Or Aguirre. Yeah, Aguirre. Uh, Aguirre, is that what it is? Yeah, he's not a never seen basketball it. player. It's Aguirre, it's Spanish. It's, it's, not, it's not Mark Aguirre? No, it's not Mark Aguirre. Sure? Mark Aguirre, the wrath of God. <laughs> yep. I, I, I just thought it was Aguirre, wrath of God. I just know that's another in his canon set in the jungle. Fitzcarraldo is the one I still need to watch. I thought about watching it last night. Yeah. I was like, I don't have three hours. Yeah, that's, and that's a grudging three. That's a tough, you have to trudge through that movie. It is. Yeah. I, it's I, I've been saying it for, since we started this show. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's one I've always wanted to watch. Yeah. And then every time I think of it, it's like last night, it was 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I'm not starting Fitzcarraldo at 11 o'clock at night. Sorry, I'm a little stuffed up. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm blowing my nose. Sorry. Um, but yeah. it's, it, it's one of those, like, because of, uh, pirates, we don't have the bad taste in our mouth of Haunted Mansion. So you want to buy into the fact Crazy. that Disney can make a legitimate movie based upon yeah. one of their rides. Yeah. And, but so long as you go in with the proper expectation level. And I think if you do that with Jungle Cruise, you're going to walk out having enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I agree. This is old school Disney. This is like 19, what? True. Eighties, nineties. Even oh, in the seventies. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like a bed knobs and broomsticks type yeah, of kind of vibe to it, right? It's fun. Turn your brain off. Enjoy the magic. Don't try to analyze it too deeply, and have yeah. a little fun. And I love Jesse Plemons as the fucking Nazi or a World War One German guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Giamatti for the occasional moments when he shows up on screen is funny, but the chemistry between Emily Blunt and The Rock is just great. Just she she can work with anybody, man, in any film. And she just has chemistry with them. She's incredible like that. And it's no surprise that The Rock, as you said, this is some of the best work Rock's done. It's because Emily is a fucking damn good actress. And so you are motivated to bring your A game to play with her because she will give you gold if you give her gold. And she's always able to do that. And so um no surprise. No surprise. It's yeah. one that came out uh, well. And I think Jack Whitehall is very funny as well as her brother. So, yeah, good. he's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's mainly obviously about the dynamic between the two of them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the mummy set in the rainforest. Good point. Yeah. yeah. We have Absolutely. Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Those are the two you're focusing on. And, yeah. uh, you know, the brother coming along, that's a good time. <laughs> but you're focusing on the two. And I like this guy, Jimmy, uh, Jean Colletzera. I mean, he's doing Black Adam and with The Rock again. And he did, um, the Shallows, which I enjoyed. I'm not a big Blake Lively as an actress fan, and I enjoyed the shit out of her in that movie. So okay. I like him as an act, as a director. I haven't seen the, the Liam Neeson one, Unknown, but I should get my, or the computer, the commuter as well, but I should definitely watch that. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those. He's got a new one now called Blacklight. Blacklight. Give me back my Blacklight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you're, what you're not. The thing is, I still believe he can make a good movie. Of course he can. 
Yeah, yeah, unlike Bruce Willis at this point. Oh, for God's sakes. Why are you even bringing him up? The well, just Bruce just Willis. because Liam Neeson is getting to that generic title action movie. Not true. True, true, true. Not nearly as bad as Bruce Willis. I love that he has his own Razzie category. Yeah. Of what was the worst Bruce Mill- Willis movie this year, and there's l- legitimately like eight or ten to choose from. <laughs> um. All right, so my number uh nine, moving on, is... Yeah. Interestingly, another Edgar Ramirez. Oh, okay. Which is Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed that movie. Yeah. It was, it didn't the best reviews do. No. I was surprised. I remember seeing it, but I think when I was still at Collider, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie, man. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously setting it up for Oscar buzz. Yeah. And it's nowhere near that caliber. But it's still an interesting story. So, I mean, McConaughey plays a gold prospector whose family used to have like a working claim. They had a nice sized company and they were going out and searching for gold around the world. Mm-hmm. And that company fell on hard times, which kind of boom or bust, uh, you know, to some degree, at least my understanding in that, that field. So he's on harder times and Edgar Ramirez is the new kind of geologist with the great idea about the ring of fire yeah. and the tectonic plates coming together. And then there's going to be this gold deposit. He knows it in his bones and him and McConaughey team up to go and find uh what may be the world's largest gold find. And this is based on a true story. And I don't yeah. want to say anything beyond that because I don't want to ruin the movie for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh But it's a, it's got a, you know, you have the aspects of them being in the jungle, like McConaughey gets malaria at one point. Yeah. Um, but the, the intrigue around what exactly is going on, what's happening, who knows what, where is the story going to land? And I like the payoff at the end. Yeah. Uh, with the, you know, what befalls, what's going I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm vague and which sucks talking about a movie. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how many people saw gold. Yeah. Uh, but since McConaughey, since the McConaughey, the McConaughey, uh, I tend to basically tune into anything that he puts out at this point. Yeah. And he, so, he rarely disappoints too, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything that I've seen since the around the true detective run since then. Yeah. That he's put out that I haven't been a fan of. Like, go watch the gentleman. He's probably the best part of the gentleman. Or, I like Colin, but I would certainly put him in the. Okay, Colin Farrell, yeah, is the I, coach. He's so the guy. Cute. Yeah, um, but that's an easy part to knock out of the park, right? For an actor like that, uh, the more composed, restrained performance from McConaughey, that's a little more difficult because you yeah, care. You need to be, as he calls it, the lion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mud was excellent. Yeah, Mud was uh, good. Yeah. Whatever, I need to pull up his IMDb. To, There's to, that Joe one, the the rated X one, or the unrated one. I can't remember what the name of that one was with him and um, Juno Temple and Catherine Keener. You see Catherine Keener? No. No. Um, oh, the girl from um, Showgirls. I'm on this. The girl from Elizabeth Show- Berkeley? No, no, the other one. Gina, Gina Gershon? Gershon? Gina Gershon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in that. I forget. Something Joe. I can't remember what the name of it is. I don't even remember that coming out. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. But he's done great. Uh, he's done great stuff. Man. Yeah, it's uh, Ramirez after Versace. I thought he was going to have a run, mm-hmm. and I think with the gold and a few other like not quite hits when he was given a shot, yeah. might relegate him back to television, uh, which sucks because I think he's a really good actor, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoy him quite a bit. But you know, 
We shall see. All right. So, yeah. Hank the Cow Dog, of course, the podcast series short from <laughs> McConaughey. <laughs> who does? I think that's the children's book series that he wrote. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, you know what? I did not see the beach bum. Oh, well, that's, that's an ensemble piece more than anything else. So, yeah. Yeah, but technically, isn't he the lead of that ensemble? Probably, yeah. I know Martin Lawrence is in that shit, too. Uh, and we, we also have Dark Tower in there. Okay. That was terrible. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Some things are not him, you know. Some things are this, you know, something else. Yeah, you take it because it's a high profile and mm-hmm. uh free state of Jones. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so maybe my argument doesn't hold as much water as I once thought. But anyway, <laughs> I think gold is is worth the watch. I think personally. he's still batting a, a good percentage. I yes, I still have faith mm-hmm. that if he had a movie out next year that put him in Oscar buzz again, yeah, if he's not too busy running for governor, uh, I would believe it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so that was my nine. Okay, what's your eight? Uh, my eight. Circling back to the rock, baby, which oh. is uh the rundown. That is my ten. The rundown. Yes. For the longest time it was my favorite movie of his. Yeah. I know you've spoken about it on the show. Uh yeah, it comes out, but uh I, how many people do you think have seen it? I guess maybe if they're rock fans they have. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those vehicles that came out of the time when the rock was doing a bunch of these, like Hitch and um Faster Driven or whatever it was. He's had a few, it was around that time, but this is one that kind of stepped up out of those pile of vehicles, um, because of Christopher Walken, Rosario Dawson and Peter Berg being the director and, um, uh, what's his face from the American Pine? Well, Sean William Scott. So Sean was, William Scott. It was those people stepping out that made it a better film and the rock and having Schwarzenegger had that scene with him kind of essentially passing the torch mm-hmm. onto him in a way. And so there was a lot of, buzz around this movie and it didn't disappoint it's he's he's damn good in it um uh sean william scott's good in it walking is great in it doing his walking thing rosario is fine and peter berg does great direction throughout the whole movie so yeah absolutely a good film I, it's a easy premise yes and one you could see you know the cookie cutterized mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but they actually there's a good camaraderie between you know, your two main leads. Yeah. 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 They have a good rapport back and forth. Um, yeah. it's, it's well shot. Like they, yeah. they make the jungle a nice character within it. Agreed. And, um, yeah, as in basically an announcement of the rock himself, yeah. uh, making the leap, leap beyond stuff like Scorpion King <laughs> show show. I don't blame him for that. That's a, right, right. It's your first movie and it's the mummies franchise oh, cool. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you sign, you say yes to that. Yeah, of course. Uh, especially if you're a wrestler. You know, I saw an interview with John Cena and he's saying that WWE owns the name John Cena and his likeness. Yeah. So any money he makes. It's not his real name. Yeah. So any money he makes in that, they get a piece. Yep. That's the way it works. That's why the rock transitioned to Dwayne Dwayne. Johnson because Dwayne Johnson wanted to make that money be his own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And John Cena, it was on Howard Stern. I don't know why YouTube suggested it, but he was like, yeah, I don't care. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the WWE. So exactly. you're like, mm, yeah, good for you. Yeah. Take the piece. 
and let them have the peace for a little bit. And then, you know, eventually there'll be a situation where maybe you can slide out from it. But people know John Cena. They know his name now. He's made his name. So, okay, you got to pay. But, I mean, eventually there's going to be a moment where he's like, okay, I don't, let's, you know, enough's enough. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you will have to battle it on court or you take a little bit of a chunk. Oh, yeah, I'll buy you out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or you just change your name to J-O-N-S-E-N-A. They're <laughs> like, it's not the same thing. Legally, my name is John Cena. Come after me now, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> or you do it like a Sade, but you spell it S-A-D-E. So you pronounce it Cena, but it's spelled like Favre. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> you know? Like, mm, you pronounce it however you like it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Scorpion King was 2002. The rundown is the next year in 2000. So already that's a leap in one year from mm-hmm. doing what you're doing in Mummy Returns and then Scorpion King. Um, uh, and then you have Walking Tall, which was that remake. Be Cool, which I thought he was good in, but then that terrible Doom, that weird Southland Tales, the OK Gridiron Gang, the game plan, which I think is a sweet little family film, but then Get Smart is really good. So, you know, kind of a little bit of a mixed bag here as he's slowly doing stuff. The yeah. race to which mount, which wasn't that great. Tooth fairy, which wasn't that good. It could have been his pacifier, to be honest with you. Um, but then I think the other guys came out at this in the same year. So that whole sequence with him and Sam Jackson kind of put him back into the right place. And then fast five is the next year and that's the fucking launch. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you Tooth like? Tooth fairy. Being the same as Pacifier, how dare you, little brother? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. They're not in the same. You know, as a producer. Oh my. Oh I need my. to be able to come in with acting. I didn't even connect that it was Vin to Oh the, yeah. I didn't even connect that. How funny for you to bring that up. <laughs> well, little brother always remembers who blazed the trail first. You must always remember. Oh, he's such a dumb I'm dude. so happy that he said no. Even though I don't oh, give a yeah. shit about the franchise. Of course, of course. Yeah. I wish it nothing but the the best, and that's a lie. But the fact that Brock was like, Oh yeah? No. No. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. You have plenty of opportunity. Good luck, Vin. Yeah. Will it make a difference? Because if their box office isn't as good on this next one because the rock isn't in it. Yeah. Is that everybody gonna yeah, are they going to point to that, or is it going to we going to blame the pandemic still or something? Well, they brought in Momoa to take the um, the rock spot. Yeah, the rock spot. Yeah, but he ain't the rock, is he? No, he's not the rock. I don't care what anyone says; he's not the rock. No, but I like Momoa. Don't get me wrong; I love sure, him, but he's not the rock. Is he a more handsome man? Undoubtedly, in my opinion. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but he doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't have that same. Yeah. Charm, charisma doesn't capture mm-hmm. the public's attention. I don't think as well. Oh, yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, okay, so that was my ten. You're eight, right? Correct. All right, so then my number nine is uh, Tropic Thunder. Go Ow! for it. Yeah, I know you don't like that movie. This movie is. I rewatched it again recently, man. Still holds up. Still funny as hell. I'm a land father, motherfucker. I, all of it works so well. The Robert Downey Jr. stuff. He did it for a reason. People understood he did it for a reason. So let's move past that. But, I mean, Jack Black, the rare film where I enjoy Jack Black, he's great in this. 
Ben Stiller is hilarious in this, the Tug Speedman stuff. And everything in the jungle, the jungle becomes an element of the movie. Because obviously, what's his face? The director, the actor, Steve, um, what's his name? Steve, I forget what his name is. Oh boy, I've fallen apart, man. I'm all retired and shit. But the Steve Coogan, Steve Coogan, a oh. director. Sorry, and, I was in this going through my head for other actors in it. Yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> he sets the whole thing in the jungle because it is obviously a Vietnam movie. And then they get lost in the jungle. The jungle becomes an element of what turns Ben into this crazy kind of guy of what turns, uh, what kind of accentuates the division or exposes the division rather that is already going on between the guys there with Jay Baruchel and all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me in the end, I absolutely, and, and what's his name? Brandon T. Peters. Is that his name? The guy? Uh, it's Brandon T. Jackson. T. Jackson. That's it. Brandon T. Jackson. Um, seeing them all kind of interact and then like deal with the madness of it all and then launch that attack. And then you have Tom Cruise, one of the funniest roles he's ever going to do. And McConaughey, speaking of the McConaughey Yeah, true. As Ben's agent. So to me, this movie is still a laugh a minute, holds up so well, and very, very funny. So that's my number nine, man. I know it's, so not, I can, you, it's not your back. I can remember Brandon T. Jackson, and which means I also know it's Mark Aguirre, Wrath of God. You see that? <laughs> I wish that had been his dick. The memory is not so faulty. Yeah, I wish I. everybody else loves the movie. I know, and, dude. Uh, I, know. I, I think the trailer gave away, like, had I not seen the Downey Jr. character in the trailer. Right. I would have been floored by that. And if you go back and watch interviews with, like, there's one of Jamie Foxx uh, talking about that and yeah. saying, I have no issue with it for all these reasons. Right, right. And then I, there are other, uh, you know, uh, black actors that said the same thing. I understand it's now problematic. Right, right. And it kind of was at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also poking fun. Or yeah. making fun of that type of behavior from Hollywood. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's the whole point of it. Yeah. But I'll be damned if it isn't impressive acting from Downey Jr. to play yeah. an Australian who's playing a black guy and you yeah. believe that it's this three-layered thing. And if you watch that, as I've said before, if you watch the um, 30-minute documentary that's on the on the um, DVD or Blu-ray – the 30 minute documentary that is a parody of the, uh, Apocalypse Now documentary, The Hearts of, In the Darkness. Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Um, it is brilliant because they show that he kind of, he plays the character of Lincoln Osiris through the whole documentary and how he kidnaps the, the actual family of Lincoln Osiris and hides out in the house as Lincoln Osiris and he's out in their backyard pretending to be Lincoln Osiris, their dad and their husband. And of course the, the wife or the, uh, the, yeah, Lincoln Osiris' wife is like in her fifties or sixties and he's pretending to still be her husband. And so, so it's very funny. The mat, the mat, the insane part of that, um, uh, documentary as well. The whole documentary is really, really funny. A great parody documentary about hearts of darkness, um, with Justin Thoreau, where the shortest shorts, even shorter than Thomas Lennon shorts in uh, Reno 911, and those are short. Those are very short. <laughs> Thomas Lennon made a hell of a choice there. Yeah. I don't know. People like that show. I don't like that show. You know what? I, it, I think it has genuine moments where it's pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah? All right. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. There's a lot of fluff. Yeah. And there's one person I would definitely recast. Okay. Yeah, Lindley loves that show. I, I just, it's never done anything for me. 
It's never not anything. We've tried to watch it. Uh, so yeah, some of the cameos sometimes are just perfect. Yeah. The Rock was on one, I think. Oh, was he? Well, I think in Reno and I, the Miami one. I think he was in the Miami one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I never saw that one. I watched, I've, I've seen a few of the seasons. Yeah. Just sporadically here and there and gone to watch, just have some 22 minute show to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it can be really excellent. And then sometimes it's just like, that was fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I love that Tom Cruise basically said, I'm going to do Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> Flat out. His only demand was basically, I need to have sausage finger hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to dance. And his, and his, uh, um, forearms. Oh yeah. The forearms yeah. and the hair. And, yeah. But basically just, I want to be Harvey yeah. and make fun of Harvey. And they're like, sure. So good. So yeah. Good. Um, all right. So then my number eight, um, is the mission. Uh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. On my side list, but go for it. Right on the 1986 film here directed by Roland Joffe with one of the most incredible scores from Ennio Morricone that you're ever going to listen to. If you haven't listened to the mission score, do yourself a fucking favor and go find it on YouTube and just listen to it for like an hour. It's going to blow your mind. It's one of the greatest soundtracks ever or scores ever with, uh, and this film has Robert De Niro and uh, Jeremy Irons and, mm-hmm. um, Aiden Quinn and Liam Neeson as a young, young Liam Neeson as a young priest in here. And basically this is, um, Robert De Niro is this kind of, uh, Spanish, I think nobleman and in the 18th century and he kills his brother. I think because his brother is even having, is either having an affair with his wife or Robert De Niro is having an affair with the brother's wife and he gets caught and he gets confronted and he kills his brother out of anger. And so he feels an insane amount of guilt. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to serve these Jesuit priests and he puts himself through hell to serve them as a way of apologizing to God for killing his brother. Yeah. His- his penance. His penance, yeah, in essence. And, but what happens is the Jesuits start to get attacked by, uh, the military people in charge of the area. And some of the Jesuits want to fight. The priests want to fight and some of them don't. And Jeremy Irons is the lead priest and he's the one that does not want to fight, thinks that this is what's supposed to happen. And eventually De Niro is the one who kind of motivates them to fight and violates, in essence, the penance that he had kind of established. Um, and they get in, they engage in the battle. And so it's, it's an incredible film. And, uh, they take one of the priests and they crucify him and they send him out on the water. Oh yeah. That's and true. that's one of the scenes in the waterfall when he's coming, I mean, hanging it's a on a gorgeous cross. shot. Yeah. It just, is a gorgeous shot. Just one of the most brilliant, but nobody talks about this film, Matt. Nobody does yet. It was one of the greatest films in my opinion in the eighties. So, so, hmm. What I did for this week is, I'm sure, something that you do quite a bit, and it's what I do more often than not, is I make my list, and then I do a Google search to see what I missed. Right. Exactly. Of course. Um, and there's one that I had never heard of, mm. like called In the Garden of the Lord or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, this thing. So you said Aiden Quinn. Aiden Quinn is in yeah. another movie set in yeah. you know, South America, rainforest type of. But to watch Tom Berenger try and play a man pulled between two worlds, the indigenous tribes and the white man's world, and see him with his ridiculous haircuts. And it's like, I watched the trailer. I was like, what is this fucking movie? 
Yeah. There's that and there was a Powers Booth movie. Oh yeah, the Powers Booth. So the Emerald the, something. Yeah, the the um the Emerald Forest is the, the Powers Booth movie. I've never seen yeah, either of those two. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. That's not bad because it kind of reminded me of Mosquito Coast. Okay. So Emerald Forest is where he loses his son to an indigenous tribe and he has to go find his son. And it's years later. Like it's, it's years 10 later. years later, I believe is what the trailer said. Yeah. And it looks like the son wants to stay because he yes. may, may not be attracted to a woman in the it's tribe. Essentially the searchers, uh, in yeah. the kind of, uh, na- uh, native situation. Um, and at play in the fields of the Lord is the Tom Berenger one. And, oh, and at play in the field of love. Okay. Yeah, that's a really weird. It's fucking so strange. Well, it is. Kathy Bates is in it. Aiden Quinn, John Lithgow, yeah. Daryl Hannah, Tom Berenger, and I was like, I don't yeah. remember this ever coming out. <laughs> and Tom Waits as well. Yeah, Tom Waits. <laughs> I mean, it came out in '91. Yeah. So I'm 12 years old. Right. So it's not like this is a movie made for me, but still, mm-hmm. you know. Tough ways. I play in the fields of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said the title in the movie. That rarely happens. Uh, Tom Baird, you look good as a native. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> nice haircut. Nesta. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, all right. So that was my and, – and I can't encourage people enough to see the mission. Oh, was that your Renfield? <laughs> yeah. Was, was yes, the master? I, took me a second to register yes. what that was. Oh. Uh, but yeah, please see the mission if you haven't seen the mission. Trust me, it still holds up. It's so fucking good. I don't know why there's not a 4K of the mission because it is a gorgeously shot film. And Roland Joppy is one of those directors that a lot of people don't talk about, um, but created some pretty good films. So, um, all right. What's your seven, my man? Uh, my seven is, uh, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, uh, I think that's my six. Yeah, it's my six. Cool. And I believe that closes out all my rock movies. <laughs> this was this rock portion of the, the of the list. Uh, it's three rock movies. Yeah, true, true. true, uh, true. I included this one over the Robin Williams because this one takes place fully in a jungle. Yeah. Whereas Robin's is, you know, the jungle is coming to here, but it's set in our world. I don't know. That's the distinction that I made. Right. Um, I was floored by how good this was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was yeah, expecting I right. the absolute worst. Yeah. And floored. Mm-hmm. And you said you're not, not a big Jack Black fan. His yeah. acting in this is stellar. I don't disagree with you, my man. I do not disagree with you. Um, yeah. You know, Kevin Hart basically playing Kevin Hart again, mm-hmm. but in this role, it worked really well for me. Uh, I think overall, I was like, I can't, I am astonished that I'm enjoying this, that yeah. I, I figured it was a premise that was one and done and we don't really need to revisit or remake it because kids could still watch this one. Right. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know what? They updated, uh, a modern classic and did it really well, a fresh yeah. spin on it. Yeah. Uh, Karen Gillum is great. Oh my God. She's great. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice to see her working outside of, you know, in a big, project like this mm-hmm. outside of Marvel so she doesn't get trapped in the well you only do big projects when you're covered in makeup and all that stuff. Right. Um yeah, just absolutely floored. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, great. I remember I remember going to see this because they sent me to, to cover the junket as one I was so excited to go to co- talk to the rock and all of that. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um and seeing the movie, I remember when the movie was over I was thinking to myself, I actually really like this. 
am I stupid? And I was talking to other people and they all, the critics that were there and they all enjoyed it. So I was like, okay, so I think I'm okay to like this movie. Like it was just the kind of in my mind, you know, I was like, okay, where, where do I fall on this? You know? And so, um, I was hoping other people would enjoy it. And so yeah. when I came back and did the review, I kept saying in, in the Collider review, like, trust me, you're going to enjoy this. It's actually a damn good movie. And I was so happy to see it do so well at the box office because I think it came out at the same time as uh, The Last Jedi. The same. Yeah, year. it came out in wintertime around Christmas. Yeah, around Christmas. And so I remember talking to the, to the producers there who they had gave us access to and whatever. And they were like, we would just be happy to come in second to the Star Wars. That's all we're hoping that we come in second. And who knew it was going to make as much money? I think it was $900 million or something like that. It well, it just, it hung around like a month later. Yeah. It's still at the top, not maybe not the tippy top, but in the top two or three, it's still hanging around like six weeks yeah. out. Jumanji still churning out. This thing's got legs. Yeah. It was pretty incredible to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I still haven't seen the follow up. It's okay. It's not great. The first, the, what, you could just watch it in the first one, honestly. Okay. I'm not against seeing it because there are days we just like, I want something mindless. Sure. Oh, sure. Totally. Um, you know, yeah. But that being said, you know, I watched Topsy Turvy again last night to fall asleep. So <laughs> You're out of control. You're it's out ten, of control. It's like 10 days straight. I just fast forward to some of my, my one of like 10 favorite scenes and I just watch that scene and I fall asleep. I feel like someone should write a book about December 2017 because Greatest Showman was that year as well. Hmm. It came out in December and Jumanji and uh, Last Jedi. So a fascinating trio of films and what they did and what it signaled about the box office or signified about people's tastes with the box office. Why did Jumanji last as long? Why did Greatest Showman have as many as last as long as it did? Have his legs as long as it did? Why did that happen? And you know, Last Jedi, you know, broke apart the Star Wars fandom like Holdo in that uh, ship maneuver that literally broke apart the Star Wars. Fandom. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> That's that's fine. I love that it still comes up as a trending topic. Like yeah, that in the Snyder cut. Still in the Snyderverse. It'll never end, dude. Never. But yeah, between th- that, the previous, and then yeah. the Snyderverse. Like the Oscars stuff where they have the fan vote and you can vote up to 20 times a day, which is just ridiculous. That's stupid. It's really stupid. It's so limited to once or twice a day, and then it makes it feel like it's something. Yeah. 20 times a day means it's utterly meaningless. Yeah. So fucking stupid. But all the people voting for Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. and I didn't take the time, but others rebutted with that it's disqualified. Go read the rules. Yeah. It, it doesn't – it can't be voted for. And people still continuing to vote for it. I don't care. It was the best movie of the year. Like, okay, well, they're never going to include it. So you might as well choose another one. Yeah. The principle. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next year they'll amend the rules, but then, you know, this movie's not going to have an opportunity to get in anyway. So why not vote for something you actually like? Yeah. So I'm guessing Spider-Man runs away with that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. No way home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it qualifies and it'll have. Yeah. A strong enough fan base. 
It's a smart move by the Oscars. Oh. That way they can incorporate movies that everybody loves without having to bestow any awards on them. I guess. I, I feel like it's pandering. but It is pandering, flat out. But they want to increase their ratings so they can yeah. cherry pick and bring in the biggest movies of the year by doing this you know, crap and still yeah. pat themselves on the back for these smaller films. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, let me real quick. Let me read this. December 2017, Shape of Water, The Disaster Artist, I, Tanya, uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, uh, then Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Greatest Showman, Hostiles, uh, Molly's Game, Phantom Thread, All the Money in the World. That's a fucking great group of movies. It's not bad. You could argue is maybe one of the greatest Decembers in the history of film in terms of... Well, I'd have to go well, look. Yeah, I know. You'd specifically have to... at... Because as far as Oscar fodder, there's only two real movies in there that I think were excellent. Yeah. Did you just rattle off? Shape of Water. Shape of Water. I don't think I'm going back for it. I, Tanya, and Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread, right. All the money in the world was good, though. All the money in the world was good. You're right. Yeah. And, and Oscar... the fact that they did all those reshoots in such a short amount of time gives it yeah. makes it even more impressive. Yeah, with Plumber. Yeah, Hostiles if... is a fucking great western too. People don't. You know what would have made all the money in the world even better is if all the kids got off their fucking phones <laughs> and went to the theaters and watched the goddamn movie. You tell them Ridley. You tell them Ridley. <laughs> you tell them Ridley. Which, by the way, House of Versace or House of Gucci, House rather. Gucci. Yeah. House of Gucci. Not that good. Oh, I don't know what you're bitching how, about. Oh, really? You like that? I love that movie. I, I was, was bored to tears. Really? Oh, man. Bored to tears. All the over-the-top oh, accents, a story I could give two shits about. Sweet thing. <laughs> Whereas Last Duel, I think yeah. you got something there. Last Duel was good. Yeah. Jody uh, Comer was fucking excellent in that movie, man. Yeah. All the, the different perspectives of the same yeah. story, and it's a very relevant way to look at a story today driver was unsettling another good role by adam driver yeah yeah i'm just hoping some of these are really successful so although i don't i think he'll be fine yeah sorry the post is also that december 2017 and like i said two excellent oscar movies post is fine coming for spielberg damn it's enjoyable yeah that's yeah uh did you see that new trailer for elvis yeah, I, dude, I did a, tri- I'm telling you this right now. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to kiss my own, kiss my own ass or anything. Just randomly last night at about five o'clock, I was like, oh, I'll do a trailer reaction for this. Maybe no one's going to watch it. I need to do some content today. I've done any, any videos on my channel and I did a trailer reaction. Fucking, I got 150 new subscribers off that trailer reaction. It's almost over 10,000 views. I had no idea. Anybody was going to be interested in this, and it completely shocked me. I loved the trailer, uh, except for Tom Hanks's weird accent. But Tom Parker was half Dutch, half Southern boy, so maybe he's weaving in and out of those. I, I don't know. But other than that, I thought the trailer was excellent. What did you think? What did Catherine think? Oh well, she's the one that told me about it. She's like, "You see yeah. the Elvis trailer dropped, and this is a woman that does not look forward to movies." Yeah. And I was like, oh no, it came out. I knew that they had, it was in the works. Right, 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 right. Um, and Baz Luhrmann was attached. So she's excited about that because she loves Baz Luhrmann. It's one of the few directors she knows and, and is a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched it and the dude that plays Elvis. Yeah. Austin Butler. 
does it, it looks like he's had plastic surgery to make himself look like Lurch that looks like Elvis. What? Lurch? He, it looks like, you ever seen the, that, the Belgian twins that had way too much plastic surgery? They passed away in the past year. Oh yes, I saw that right from yeah. COVID. He to- reminds me of a young version of them. Fair enough. Uh, in no way does he look like Elvis to me. So it throws me off every shot of him. But I think, I think the guy's life is very deserving of a biopic. Yeah. Yes. Of course. So I think that yeah. very much, and Baz Luhrmann has a distinct style. Yes. It's very vivid and it could work really well. The Tom Hanks didn't throw me off. It threw her off a little. Yeah. And that's not um, the Tom Parker we, He's a little more Southern than, than the way Tom's playing. Well, I mean, maybe he didn't want to go full foghorn leghorn. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I tell you what, Elvis, boy, oh boy, the guy, let's hound dog. I say, I say, I say, that's I say. it. <laughs> but you know, I, I am, I will be seeing this, so yeah. hopefully it's really good. Mm-hmm. But I'm not expecting too much. That dude yeah. throws me off every time. It's like you don't look like Elvis to me in the slightest. But I'm not. I mean. He is all over my house, so I do look at the guy a decent I'm, I'm, amount. I'm not gonna lie to you. Catherine was one of the first people I thought about after I, after I like finished my reaction. I thought saw the trailer. I was like, I wonder what if if she had seen it because I know from us being friends that she's a massive uh, yeah. Uh, there's a Elvis person fucking so trying to Elvis at the pizza shop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I would like to yeah. see what she thought about it. So good to know she liked it. Yeah, she's, she's excited for it. Yeah. Um. I still think the Kurt Russell one is a really good one that people, not a lot of people see. 3,000 miles to Graceland? No, no, no. He did one in. I know. The early uh, 80s. That's on me. Yeah. (laughs) I mentioned Catherine has that on rotation. (laughs) No, we've never watched it. I have never seen it. I just know it exists. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I've never seen 3,000 miles to Graceland. I've seen bits and pieces because it was like on HBO Showtime or something at one point. Uh, I have seen Bubba Hotep. That's interesting. Is the shit. I referenced uh, that in my reaction. Yeah. That's a great Elvis one. Yeah. You could have gotten a young Bruce Campbell. I'm buying that more <laughs> so than what I saw, but. How big was it? I don't know, man. What am I, an archaeologist? <laughs> <laughs> Size of my hand. Peanut butter sandwich. Uh, anyway. All right. Where are we at? Jesus, we're off course now. Where are we? Where the fuck are uh, we? So my six. Oh, God damn. We're still only at your six. Oh, well, it's, it's a punt. So you, okay. you know what? Just go ahead and say the word punt and I'll tell you what it is later when we get to it. <laughs> are you sure? I, I 1000% know that right. it's a punt. All right. All right. So my number seven then is Predator. That's got to be a punt, right? Uh, it is a slight punt. Okay. And then, as I said, my six is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. So. Okay, so see you like that. Boom, we're right to the ad break, baby. Go ahead, man. Take so it. we'll be right back. You hear this word from our uh, sponsors, and uh, we'll see you guys in just a second. There we go. Now we're jumping into our top five. So my five is Predator. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Since Slight punch. List. Um, you know, I'm amazed you put a B movie even at number seven for you. It's, it's incredible. Okay. The fact it's in the bottom five should let you know that I think it is a B movie. So not that I think the mission is a B movie, but a lo- I, this is a damn. Your logic movie. is crumbling, my friend. Your logic <laughs> is crumbling. Movie, I had to put it in back half of the, the thing. Uh, yeah, it's quintessential action film. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Predator for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great simple premise. You know, the uh, U.S. has forces down in South America yeah. and 
they don't realize it, but they're being hunted by a true apex predator. Oh my God. And the, the heat vision is a beautiful, the thermochromic yes. vision is a beautiful little hook for how it tracks you down. And your heat signature is what gives you away in the middle of this jungle. And then the shot of Arnold covering himself in mud yeah. to take him on. And he has to build this Robinson Crusoe, Rube Goldberg like trap mm-hmm. to capture him and all this stuff. It's, it, you know, it's got a fantastic action, surprisingly good acting. Yeah. From the cast involved. Yeah. I, mean, I would agree a thousand percent. Surprisingly good acting. acting. Uh, you know, Carl Weathers, Jesse the Body Ventura. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Who is, uh, uh, Who is Shane it? Black wrote it. Right. He's in it too. He's in it too. Yeah. And that's how they got him to write it is they yeah. had to give him a part, I believe is the story on that. So, um, Bill Duke as Mac. Yes. That's who I was blanking on. The, okay. the Indian guy, I don't know his name. Sonny Landham. He was Man, in, um, never would have pulled that in a million yeah, years. No, he was in 48 hours and shit. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. But small parts in eighties yeah. movies. This is arguably his largest part that I can think of. And Peter Cullen is the voice of the predator. The guy who does the voice. Oh, Trans- Optimus. Optimus Prime. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Huh. Wonder what he got paid to do that voice because it doesn't really say all that much. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good. Could have been too much. I mean, the budget mostly went to Arnold. Yeah, I and mean, he wasn't a huge bankable star at that point, so it's not like this was a big budget movie. Give me all the money. Um, but yeah, Predator. What? Yeah, you know, it's Predator for Christ's sake. Yeah, what can we say? It's fantastic. Um. All right. Uh, what's your four? Oh, what's my five? My five is uh Tarzan, the animated film. Go for it. Okay. I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. Um, the, the soundtrack from Phil Collins is excellent. Still on my cardio workout mix. Two or three of those songs. Just working out that you'll be in my heart. You, no, well, you'll be in my you'll heart. You'll be no. in my heart. That's yeah. The That's the warm up. Moving weights, baby. No, son of man, which is fucking excellent. And someone like me, someone like uh, that one where he's like, uh, she's showing him. Those are great songs. Um, son of man, especially Jesus. That's a, when that comes on when I'm bike riding or or walking or running or whatever. Fucking just get that extra pe- pep in my step. Um, but yeah, great stuff. It really enjoyed the voiceover work from uh, from uh, Minnie Driver, from Tony Goldwyn, from Brian Blessed as the villain. Um, I can't remember who voices her dad. Um, but overall, just great stuff in the interaction. The animation is beautiful and vibrant, and the and Lance Hendrickson voicing the gorilla. Who is in essence his father? Mm-hmm. Um, so great. Of course, Glenn Close is the mom. Is so great, and then Rosa, uh, Rosie O'Donnell is the um, yeah the uh, other yeah the female gorilla right. And then Wayne Knight is the elephant. All of it just working so well in telling the story, and it has some dark moments amidst the also beautiful, sweet love story that's developed between him and Jane. That I think I think works really well in the commentary about civilization and. People who are civilized can do the most uncivilized things um, and kind of exploring all of that within the scope of that film, I think is brilliant. And then of course what happens 
to his father and how he reacts to it is so powerful and him having to come to terms with the fact that he's caught between two worlds, which is, of course, one of the songs on the soundtrack, and how he has to negotiate that, navigate that. So to me, one of the best Disney films ever, and certainly one of the best that came out during that period when they were doing stuff post-Lion King and post-Little uh, Mermaid and, and Aladdin that I enjoyed. That and Hercules, two of my favorites from that time period. So. Yeah, Hercules. I agree with that. Tarzan. I never go back to rewatch ever. You're an insane person. I watch a lot. Of, you know, I'm more than happy to watch pretty much any Disney film. Mm-hmm. Tarzan is just not one that ever leaps to mind. Okay. I don't know why you have to hate, but all right, I respect it. It's not hate. It's just a lack of love. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it's, it's essentially the same thing. All right, fine. Is it essentially the same thing? It's really not. <laughs> It makes it easier to hate when you have a lack of love. That's what I'll say. Well, sure, but <laughs> one plus one in this equation does not equal two. All right. Um, all right. So what's your four? Uh, my number four is Jurassic Park. Uh, that's my number three. Oh, that's my number four. Sorry. That's my number four. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Love that movie. Oh, well, how have I said this? I enjoy that movie now more than I have in the past. Having rewatched it for Center Files, Having rewatched it uh, recently, kind of mm-hmm. think about uh, uh, Jurassic World coming out in the third one, which I enjoyed that trailer. Um, I actually think it's it's a damn good movie. I remember not thinking it was that great, and, and I've kind of changed my mind about it. So it still captures the imagination to this day. The CGI mixed with the actual real world puppetry, oh yeah, is a beautiful blend between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a Great story. It's easily the best of the entire franchise. Yeah, yeah. By leaps and bounds. For some reason, I decided to watch the, you know, Chris Pratt one, like, last week again. Oh, wow. Uh Just because I was bored, or maybe it was two sure. weeks ago, but it was within recent memory. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's not as bad as the follow-up. The follow-up is god awful. Oh, yeah. Easily, it that's the worst in the series. I agree. Um, and I'm not holding out much hope for what is it? Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom was yeah, yeah. Was that the, the second one? And then Dominion is the one that's coming out. Oh, Dominion. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not holding out hope for that one. Yeah, Dominion, and yeah, Fallen Kingdom was the sequel to Jurassic World. You know. Maybe bringing the old cast back and, and yeah. there's some fun to be had there, perhaps. I, I don't know, but yeah. so far it's been lackluster and that's me being kind. Hmm. The trailer looked good though. I like the trailer. Bye. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't well, seem like they're bringing them back as token parts of the story. They seem like they're an essential part of the story, the older characters. So I like fingers that. crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hope so. But I mean, the, that first one still has all the magic. Yeah. And I think it's pretty much timeless. Yeah. So hopefully future generations will be watching it and enjoying it as much as we have over the past 20 years at this point, 25 years. Right. God, that's, that's been, it's been out for a while. That's kind of crazy. Uh, anyway, so that's our collective number four. Number fours. All right. What's threes? Three. Uh, uh, my three is probably not on your list. Rescue Dawn. Oh, oh, the Werner Herzog film. Oh, uh-huh. so that film you've seen from him, but not Fitzcarraldo. Yes, Here I, I know. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I need to see 
Mark Aguirre, Wrath of God, <laughs> and Vince Corraldo. Because I've seen other Herzogs and Grizzly Man and yeah, I yeah. mean he's done a bunch of stuff that I'm a, yeah. a fan of. Yeah, just haven't gone back for his three hour. Let's put Klaus through hell movies. Um, maybe don't watch Jurassic Park, Jurassic World again, and watch. Maybe, just, maybe. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Um, yeah. but that being said, Rescue Dawn is really good. Okay. I've never seen it. It's one of his rare kind of theatrical ones that I've never seen. You've got Christian Bale and yeah. Steve Zahn as the two main leads, but you also have Jeremy Davies and their oh. POWs that are stuck in a camp. And it's based on a true story about right. pilots that went down and they were held as prisoners of war. And Jeremy Davies is basically kind of Stockholm syndrome. He doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to upset the people. He wants to stay. He's trying to undercut them wanting to escape. They eventually escape and get out and get rescued. Right. Um, but the journey that they have to go through, they become so emaciated and worn down through the bad diet, the terrible living conditions, yeah. having to get out. And, you know, their captors are correct in assuming even if you escape the jail, you still have to get through the jungle, which is trying right. to kill you at all times. Right. They have to, to navigate getting out of that. And by the, by the end, when they do get rescued, I'm not spoiling anything considering the name of the movie. Right. Um, it has a real impact. Okay. And the bond between Bale and Zahn as they're trying to get out is really fantastic. Yeah. I recommend that thoroughly. Okay. Oh man, there's a shit ton of ones I have to watch at some point in life. Of course. Never ends. So many. Yeah. So many. All right. So that was your three. That was my three. So my three is Apocalypto. Uh, that's a punt. Ooh, wow. You son of a bitch. Okay. What's your two? Uh, my two is the jungle book. Which one? The, the animated. Oh, no. the animated one. Okay. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Uh, all time in the argument for my favorite Disney movie ever. And one my, I just, I don't know, fell in love as a kid. Mm -hmm. Still has the magic for me now. You want to talk about songs? This thing's got songs for days, baby. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's one of those an early example I think you could put on and adults will like it just as much as kids because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has a lot of the fun and uh, the overall story and adventure of it. Uh but it's got heart. Yeah. And it draws you in between the dynamic of Mowgli and Baloo mm -hmm. and um God I'm blanking on the Panther's name. Oh uh because uh, Shere Khan is the right. tiger. Isn't it Gah or something? Gah? Um Sorry. Someone's yelling at us right now at their radio right there. I know, but I should know this. Oh, fuck. Um, uh, no, I don't see it. Fuck. I gotta look that up. Ka, isn't it Ka? Is it? No, that's not right. I don't know. Copying and pasting. I'm <laughs> searching 1967. The Jungle Book? Bagheera. Oh, Bagheera. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, King Louie. Uh, is that character potentially problematic now? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Swim, swammy, Bagheera. That was way off. Way off. Well, I hadn't ventured a guess yet. Um, you were saying Ka. Yeah, Ka. I could cause the snake. That's my bad. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's mm-hmm. that and Sword in the Stone are in the argument for my favorite Disney movie of the animated side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always a battle between the two of them. I think I favorite Jungle Book between the two. Right uh, but anyway, I think it's pretty flawless and highly recommended. And that is my number two. Okay. My two is, um, Romancing the Stone from the 1980s. Go for it. I love this film. If people haven't seen this film, it's so good. Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito. She's a, I think a novelist, romance novelist or adventure. She's a romance novelist. novelist yeah. yeah. Romance novelist. Um, Joan Wilder and, uh, Michael Douglas is this, uh, kind of, uh, adventurer, uh, explorer. They end up in this situation in, uh, I think it's South America mm-hmm. and, uh, they get involved in this whole military situation. They got supposedly trying to find this artifact or whatever. Danny DeVito is this corrupt guy who's trying to get his hands on the artifact, who's working with the government, trying to backstab everybody as he tries to get this thing. It's a fucking great film. Still holds up. A lot of fun. I think it's Donner or is it Zemeckis? I can't remember. It's Zemeckis. Is it Zemeckis? Okay. It's Zemeckis. And uh, it's so good. Because the initial reaction, right. the studio thought it was going to bomb. Yes, they did. And I think it's because it was successful. He either got to do Back to the Future or Roger Ooh. Rabbit. Right, right. Which I think the project was going to get shelved otherwise. Right. And what's interesting is people called it like a knockoff of indie, but the script was written, or written rather, written, <laughs> written, uh, years before indie. It just took right. a while to get through production and whatnot. Yeah. 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 yeah I watched it a couple of years ago. Uh, it didn't have the same spark of joy for me. That's why I didn't make oh. my list. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I know. Uh, I know. I'm I was sorry. expecting to enjoy it. I know Jewel of the Nile is the inferior of the two. It is inferior of the two, but not that much of an inferior, but certainly it is. It's, it still has their chemistry. But the overall story isn't as enjoyable or fun as Romancing the Stone. I think Zemeckis directed the hell out of this thing. So, and it's, it's so good. And they make use of the jungle. They play those moments, uh, you know, where he, they go down the rock, oh, the, the mudslide or whatever. And he lands up between her legs. It's very funny moments and stuff like that. So all of it works so well. And the jungle's used so well in the movie, um, as a character in the movie and a fucking great song. When the going gets tough, the tough get going for Billy Ocean. One of the best soundtrack songs of the 1980s. That's another one. That's a good weightlifting song. Let me tell you something. That's a great weightlifting song. Listen to a lot of Billy Ocean, are you? Dancing <laughs> on the ceiling while you're... That's Lionel Richie, first of all. Oh, that is Lionel... God damn it. Uh, get out of my dreams. Get into my car. There you go. There we go. I'm not the biggest fan of Billy Ocean stuff. There's three or four of them that I like. But this one is a fucking good song, man. When the going gets tough. It is a good song. Get going. They even music video, man. Yeah, I, I remember it. Yeah, I'm an 80s boy. I'm an 80s boy. My mom had that cassette in the car. We listened okay. to it All quite right. a bit. All right. All right. Uh, you know, come on now. Look, yeah. I'm not the one that's vague on his age. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you precisely how old I am. And that was a cassette. That, Lee Greenwood. Uh, oh, my God. Lee Greenwood. Yeah. I've heard proud to be an American so many times. Oh, Lord. So many, for some reason, my mom liked that fucking song. Uh, well, at least I know I'm free. <laughs> and I won't forget the man who died, who gave that right to me. And I proudly stand up 
next to you and defend her still today. Yeah, I did. I've heard that song a lot of times. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember we served, I told you this, right? I served in the military. When I served in the military, the guy, the overall general would play that song at every one of the get togethers that we had as a whole company or as a whole battalion or whatever. And it's not a bad song. Look, it's a sweet song. You'd love in your country. Ain't nothing wrong with loving your country. But the people who use that song now. Oh yeah, it's pulling Use it for nefarious purposes rather than good purposes, and that's a shame. And even those uh, right wingers who were going crazy about the Super Bowl halftime show, because how dare black people have a good time? Uh, were were exciting that it would have been a better show with Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, and Lee Greenwood. I'm like, no, it wouldn't. Are you fucking insane? Are you fucking? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Not even find better artists. Yeah, and all exactly. Nobody knows Ted's fucking music except for maybe. A hundred, I don't know. He's, please, it's a name, you know, he's not a, a fucking hit maker and. Oh, yeah, it's been 35 years since Ted had a hit. Yeah. And I would argue that even wasn't a hit. Um. Oh, I think on the rock charts or whatever, he definitely had hits. Yeah, maybe. He did. He had like three or four. But can you, you name a like song the... besides that song for Lee Greenwood? I can't. No, I can't name a single. And tr- I'd listen to that fucking cassette, but. Proud to be American was the only song I, that I can name you more Ray Stevens songs than I can name you Lee Greenwood songs for fuck's sake. Um, and then who's the other guy? Oh, Kid Rock. Kid Rock, Kid two Rock. songs, right? Cowboy. And, ba with the ba. Ba with the ba. Is that the title of it? That's all. And, bang the bang, diggy diggy diggy, the up jump the boogie. <laughs> this guy is your. Oh. And then that uh, Sweet Home Alabama knockoff. Oh, yeah, that right. I remember that, the summer song, right? And I love it. One with Cheryl Crow, too, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just basically it's, took the entire song and just added some new lyrics, and it's the same fucking song. It's like, what, yeah. what, what exactly is your artistry in this? <laughs> you did nothing. You did absolutely nothing. You did nothing. It's like I heard some song with, uh, I think it was Dua Lipa and Elton John, where they took oh. Rocket Man. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It's like, just, why, why did you do this? Yeah. I know it's an homage. I'm sure it's out of respect and homage to Elton. And Elton did it because Elton said, great, I'm relevant again in 2022. Yeah, it. why not? It's free yeah. money. Why not? But, uh, yeah, it feels weird. It's not like where they sampled stuff in the 90s and then did their own stuff with it. This is a blatant just, let me just ride the coattails yeah. of this. And, I changed the chorus. Yeah. But the rest I, of the song is the exact same. And the version I heard, because I was in the car and I was like, what? Yeah. I got Shazam. <laughs> and I pulled up Shazam and it was like some very specific remix of it. And it yeah. was the most generic. I, I told Catherine, I was like, I feel like we're in a Zara or an H and M. It like, sounds like the generic music that they play there. This is weird Euro techno, you know, yeah. safe house music shit with Dua Lipa and Elton John singing over the top. It's like, this is terrible, <laughs> but hey. whatever people like it. Good for you. No shit. Um, all right. So this was, that was my number two. So what's your one? My one is the pun apocalypto. Oh, okay. Go ahead, man. Um, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, find me another movie that deals with this subject because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, you don't speak the same language and yet the story is universal. Yeah. Uh, it is riveting. It's got fantastic action. There's heart to it. 
And ultimately, when they end up at the beach at the end, they see that the real war is about to begin. Yeah. And that's the gut punch of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's like he survived escaping the torturous individuals on his own continent, only to see death arriving at his doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he just, I mean, it looks beautiful. I'm sure that they were flabbergasted and they're fighting and then they see the big galleon coming in and they stop fighting and a few of the, uh, uh, people from, I'm assuming they're Aztecs. Yeah. I'd have to look it up, but I believe they're Aztecs. Yeah. But the Aztec people that are chasing after our protagonist just stop chasing him and slowly wade into the water because they're drawn by the siren song of this. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Not knowing that that is literally a ship of death. Yeah. Your world is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is devastating. Yeah, and the way the film uses the jungle through all the different things and the close calls and the near deaths experiences throughout the movie are just incredible. You know, from the beginning, we get the idea that they've comfortably made their lives in the jungle. And then when they get rounded up and all the stuff that he has to do to try to get back to his wife and get back to his child, all mm-hmm. the stuff that he goes through to escape. Fuck, man, I haven't seen that one in forever. I might be in the mood to watch that one, dude, because it's been a bit. It could be fun, a fun adventure film to watch. Um, and it's yeah. excellent. It's so well acted. It's the, the villain is so scary. Uh, that guy's great. Right? He's, I wish he worked more. He's so, well, there's both of them. There's two. There's yeah. the dad and his son, but the right, dad. Right. Forgot about the dad, right? The dad is, is the one. The oh, it's just, he, you want to talk about McConaughey with the lion? That yeah. dude is a lion. Yeah, absolutely. That is smoke jaguar, even though he's not smoke jaguar. Um, if, yeah, I mean, I wish that dude worked more because he just has a commanding presence standing there. He does. Yeah. The shoulders, uh, the look, the face, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. The son is just a shit bag. Yeah. Right? So Mainly the other, other, it's more the other underlings that are real shit bags, yeah. but the son wanting to prove and then, uh, well, what happens to the son happens to the son. He's a, he's a, what they call in wrestling, a chicken shit heel. He's a chicken shit heel. Whereas the dad is a full on fucking. Yeah. Yeah. His main henchman, the one that's trying to prove him wants the overall, he yes. wants that is not his son, but right. wants that position. That, that dude, you're waiting the whole time for him to get his comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. So good. Raul Max Trujillo. Yeah. And he's in the Mayans. He's in that Mayan show. Mayans MC. Uh, yeah. I'm never yeah. going to watch that. So it hasn't gotten great reviews. So I haven't watched it. Yeah. I didn't like Sons of Anarchy. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, okay. I watched seasons one, two, and maybe three. Yeah. And I was kind of like hate watching it after a while. But it's Hamlet, dude. Uh, okay. One of the bikers is an Elvis impersonator. Okay. Well, you know, that's the Rosencrantz or the Guildenstern of the crew, I think. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, fine. Yeah, but the scenes—I mean, they're when they're when they're you know kind of chasing him down. All of it is just so fucking well done in the movie, man. It's been a bit. I should probably watch this thing. Do you know that in the to the point where the protagonist wakes up and there's the pit of the dead people? Yeah, yeah. Oh. There's a guy dressed up as Waldo in that pit of dead people. What? I'm dead serious. <laughs> they put it on the theatrical. People got oh. sick, so they cut yeah. it out of the DVD, and then when they released the. The Blu-ray or the 4K, one of yeah. the two, they yeah. put it back in with the original <laughs> cut. And you can plain as day apparently see him. I've never noticed it. 
So I need to see the Blu-ray 4K or whatever it is, the newest release. Yeah. And it hasn't, but he's got the striped shirt, the glasses, the hat, the cane, all of it. That's hilarious, man. Or walking stick, not cane, whatever it is. Yeah, the walking stick. Wolf. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's, oh, wait, no. My number one is the punt from earlier from Matt Nost. I imagine Apocalypse Now. Correct. This is number six. I've talked about it. Everybody knows Apocalypse Now. There's no need for me to add it. Except, you know, the jungle is more than a character. It is absolutely the driving force of the entire movie is that jungle and surviving it, getting out of it, discovering what he discovers and then how it affects him afterwards. And he even says, you know, I'm at home. The more I stay out of the jungle or out of the war, the stronger Charlie gets and the weaker I get. So the jungle becomes something of a testing ground for him as a human being, as a man. Mm-hmm. So it's a powerful film about the exploration of all of that. So if you haven't seen Apocalypse Now, Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, so good. There you go. All right. That's our uh, separate uh, top 10 list, top 10 jungle movies. We're going to combine them now to, uh, to do our official list here from the top 10. I'm grabbing the bongos. Mm. All right. All right. What do we got here? What do we got? Here's a question for you. I have down on my side list, Empire. Uh, technically, I don't know if that constitutes a jungle. Do you mean Return of the Jedi? Because that would be... And now, that's the forest moon of Endor. That's so Return the, of the Jedi, right. Yeah, yeah, And I'm talking about Empire uh, yeah. when he goes yeah. to, to Yoda. No. That's a swamp, not a jungle. Oh, that's true. That is a swamp. Yeah. I wrote it down. I was like, I don't think that counts. Shannon sure. and Mike tried to convince me to put Raiders on the list. And I was like, no. That was only five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that doesn't count. It's all in Egypt. I, I saw what came up over and over again was uh uh Ghost in the Darkness. And I was like, that's an African savanna. Yeah, it's the same. How is that a jungle? But it comes up on everybody's list. It's in Wikipedia as a jungle movie. And I was like, it's not a fucking jungle. It's the African fucking savanna. There's, it's a different environment entirely. All right, so I would say Apocalypto is number one. Yeah. Since it's our one three. Yep, yep. Uh we got Apocalypse Now one six okay. Jurassic Park at four four. Right. So one six would be four four. Yep. All right. Jurassic Park. We might have to do Predator next because it's what five seven? Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, and then we have Jumanji and Run Down together, and I think that's it. Okay. Uh, Jumanji, I've got it seven. You had it six. Six? Yeah. All right, well, Jumanji next. Okay. And then the Run Down, we've got it eight, ten. Why don't we put some of our hires up there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so we both have our number two. Yeah, because I have Romance in the Stone. What do you have? And I have Jungle Book. Okay. Um. All right, I got the coin. All right. How many slots are left? Uh, we've got our top five done. So we got six through ten. Okay. Wow. So we got a decent amount. Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. Come on, number seven. God, that's two weeks in a row. There's a loser for you, buddy. What the fuck? You found the new, you found that pillar of wood, that plank of wood that helps you. Bullshit. So I get the next one, right? Cause that's how we did it the last time. Yeah. If we, well, if we come up, uh, we have two that are tied for the same spot. Yes, exactly. you do. 
Okay. Um, I have my three. Do you have anything that beats a three? I do not. Because Apocalypse Now is on, Romancing the Stone is on, Apocalypse on Jurassic Park, so no. Um, my, next, my next one is, my next highest is number five. Which is what? Tarzan. The animated Tarzan. Um, okay, well, I'll give you a choice because we have the rundown in common. We have two spots left. Do you want Tarzan higher than the rundown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. No offense. Tarzan and the rundown were finished. Oh, that's it? That is it. Okay. All right. There we go. The top 10 jungle movies. Yeah. At number 10. The Rundown. At number nine. Tarzan. At number eight. Rescue Dawn. At number seven. Romancing the Stone. At number six. The Jungle Book. At number five. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. At number four. Predator. At number three, Jurassic Park. At number two, Apocalypse Now. And our number one jungle movie is? Is Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Run, fool, run. And I've got uh, David Mitchell Baker's list here. What do you got, DMB? Thank you for the great topic, by the way. Yes, thank you, DMB. It says, hi, guys. Thanks, as always, for choosing my topic. Here's my list at 10... Uh, Kong Skull Island. Nine, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Eight, Tropic Thunder. Yes. Seven, Tarzan. Yes. Six, The Five Bloods. Oh shit, nice choice. Fuck, nice choice. Uh, five, Avatar. Yeah. Four, The Jungle Book 2016. Ooh, the other Fabro one. Uh, three is Jurassic Park. Okay. Two is Platoon. Yeah, right. And number one is Apocalypse Now. Wow, there we go. That's the right choice. Is a sane thinking person. Is it though? You know, you gotta ask yourself, what do you like in a movie? (laughs) Greatness. That's what do I do I enjoy the documentary more at this point? Yes, I do. (laughs) All right. Anyway, let's get to these shout outs. All right, let's do it. And this is what we do for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the top ten. With the number 10. And anybody that donates at $5 and above is our way of saying thank you. We give you a shout out at the end of the month. Um, all of this one lands on the beginning of next month, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Our first one is Tyler Brecken. Uh, Drew Gorzik, uh, Gorzicki. I hope I'm saying that right. The Jub Zone. <laughs> Frazier Jub. The Jub Zone. Uh, Jason McDonald. Uh, Roby or Robbie? Uh, Pelly Cole? Eric Taylor? Deepak Mawar? David Steven? Andrew Robinson? Francisco Ramirez? Michael Bauer? Colton Thompson? Henrik, Dub- uh, Henrik Winterland? Phil Knuckles? Callie Onken? Lachlan Skinner? Joseph Curran? Fred Castillo? Edward Wilshire? Charles J. Clark? Sub Charles? Zachariah Kaufman? Jeff Dickin? Francisco J. Torres. Connor Teal. Tim Reimert. Dominic Greaves. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Kyle Beckworth. Jeremy Bowers. James Petty. Nick Francis. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gaunt. Cameron Chapman. Alex Russell. Paul Cree. Stacy Flores. Luke Allison. Kristen Kurtz. Gareth Weldon. Timothy R. Williams. Good night, Mike. Nick Baldwin. JIC317. Ahmed Ali. Darren Bush. Angela Dashner. 
Drake Fromsdorf. Uh, Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Alardo Fuente. Uh, Reagan Lovig. Rodrigo Valverde III. Andre Constantinescu. Steve Schluckemeyer. Catherine Samuels. Hey, Houston Bodily. Roque Ariana. Maurice Robinson. Marcus Davenport. Brandon Caridi. Marlon T. Az Badfish. Robbie Prasad. Joe Fairley. Ben Cartwright. Josh Murphy. Josh Sachs. George Manchaka. Heyo. Dale Varley. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. Ashley Prowse. Johannes Schmidt. Sam Fernando. Evan Zoller. Kevin Fuss. Jen Kemp. Ryan McKenna. Brian Akins. Alexander Marzonia. What's up, Alex? Garth Wizenant. Mike Barrington. Ed Buskirk. Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. David Mitchell Baker. Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Kristen Smith. Matthew Lee Cravens. Marcel Berman. James Trapani. Drew Enns. Dan Nye. Seth Shearer. Andrew Marker. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Robert Haley. What's up, Robert? Anthony Castle-Nova. There we are. There's everybody uh that donated at the $5 and above level. Thank you so much yes. to all of you. Uh, we thoroughly appreciate it, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Top10Show, all spelled out. Otherwise, on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. So please hit us up. We'd love to hear your lists. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out Settle the Score. Uh, upcoming, we have uh, the Geek Buddies on yeah. a show in the not-too-distant future. So please check that out. Yeah. And uh, dropping dimes if you want some NBA action. And that is it for me this week. Uh, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, the old man's on TikTok there. Eventually, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, doing some watch-alongs there, and then uh, the uh, Ta- Geek Buddies and the Cinephiles, my other two podcasts that I do, and my YouTube channel, the Outlaw Nation. There, YouTube.com/slash John Roca says. So that's everything, Matt. We got to get out of here, right? That we do. Thank you to everybody that joined us today. We'll see you next week with another edition of the Top Ten Show. Until then, adios. Mm-hmm.